The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Suzanne. If you find my podcast helpful, you can help me be a messenger of hope by following or subscribing to the Messages of Hope podcasts. This makes sure you never miss an episode. To do this, go to the Messages of Hope show page on mindbodyspirit.fm or Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Tap the plus sign in the upper right corner or just click follow. While you're there, why not give us a five-star rating or review and share an episode with a friend? My team and I appreciate you very much, and we hope you can feel deep in your heart and soul that you are so very loved. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, everybody. You know, people love angels. When I do programs about angels, the views just go up. And no wonder, don't we all want to know that we're not alone? Well, I did a recent show. I called it Angels Are Real, Part 1. This one is going to be a little bit different of a format, but it probably will be Part 2 because we're going to be answering questions from a lot of you, those who sent them in in the past. I have them right here on my iPad, ready to scroll through them and ask them of my very special guest who I'll introduce shortly. But first I want to tell you that I was talking to the angels in meditation about three days ago. And after reading the book of my guests today and some future guests who are going to come on and talk about angels, I sat and I said, look, I know you're real. We talk all the time, but these people in these books are saying there are so many more of you around than we're aware of and that there are are more angels than there are people asking for help. Are you paying attention? So I said, if you really are with us moment by moment and are here to answer any questions we have, what sign are you going to give me to answer yes? And right away I heard Eureka. And I wrote it down because I love to play the sign game. I encourage all of you to do that as well. And then you just sit back and wait for whatever the sign is to come into your life. And I thought, boy, it's been a while since I've heard or seen the word Eureka, but I trust spirit. So you just put it out of your mind. And last night we had a big shipment arrive by FedEx. It was a stone sculpture that we had bought in Santa Fe over the summer. And I was so excited. And the sculptor sent a magazine because he's featured in it. And he had marked the page where he's featured. Are you ready for this? I open it up and the title of the article about his work is Eureka in great big letters that he couldn't miss. I took a picture of it. I think I'll frame it. It's one of those moments where, you know, it's coming because I know I trust the angels, but you just can't deny this. And what's really great is this morning, I went to look at this article again, and the sculpture we got is a figure eight carved in stone. It is the infinity symbol. And the voice inside, one of my angels, one of my guides said, look at the page number of the article, and it's page 88. <laughs> so we're just starting off with a little angel magic here. And it's not magic at all. It's how angels work. And my guest today knows this already. She has written a book called How to Chat with Archangels. Her name is Deborah Schildhouse, and I 
didn't want to cut into her time, but I wanted to give a good lead in and get you all excited about angels. So let me bring her on now. Deborah, welcome to the show. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all the work you do helping so many people. In 2019, you sure helped me, but we'll we'll talk about that later. I would like to hear that because it's always very affirming. It keeps me going. I get lots of emails from people and it just shows we're, we're on the mission of uh, bringing hope and awareness to people. But I, I really have enjoyed reading your book, How to Chat with Archangels. I have questions for you about that. But you were not initially an angel person. You're more in the he on the healing track. Do you want to tell us about your background? Yes. Um, so actually, I grew up in a very happy and loving family in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, some of my favorite memories are of my parents that were reading to me from my children's Bible. And I was zeroing in on the archangels, you know, the big angels. There was God and there were little angels and there were these big angels. And I was a little girl, but I was like, wow, you know. And throughout my life, I was always, I had an affinity. I had an attraction to the big, powerful angels. Um, but I loved reading and I loved writing. And through school, I won some writing contests. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to be an author someday? And um, what happened then was I got to college. I went to the University of Cincinnati. And everything was going well. Um, I just had the charmed life. And it was my second year of college. I was 19 years old. And all of a sudden, my life was not great anymore. Because my boyfriend of two years was killed in an automobile accident. Not so great. And yeah. just like that, everything changed. And I lost um, all interest in doing anything. Um, I couldn't understand where he was. I went to his funeral, of course, and he was in the casket, but the spark that was him was not there. Where did he go? I couldn't understand it. And I wasn't getting answers anywhere. And I just, I basically for six months, I didn't want to go to classes. I didn't care about studying. I didn't care about a social life. It was really tough. Um, but then um, after six months, my sorority sister sat me down and said, you've got to start living again. You've got to join with living. And we want to introduce you to a man we know. He's a student. He's an accounting student. His name's Howard. And we really want you to meet him and because you're going on a you're going on a blind date with that's it. And so I agreed reluctantly, but I went on the date with him and we had a great time. It was really nice. And on the date he said to me, Would you like to go to a Jethro Tull concert? Because they're coming to Ohio State in a couple weeks and we could go. And I said, well, I said, my parents would never let you drive me, somebody that they've never met, you know, you to drive me to another city, another campus, two hours away. I said, so you're going to have to come meet my parents. And so he said, sure, I'll meet your parents. That's cool. So we made a date and a time where he was going to come meet my parents. Well, that didn't happen because that morning my father died of a heart attack. Oh. 56 years old. Goodness. I just did a reading yesterday for a young woman who, who was about the age you're describing you were, and her father passed suddenly from a heart attack. It's very much in my awareness right now. And I didn't, is this in your book? Because I missed that part. It's actually in my first book. Yeah, I'm thinking this, I always like when my guests surprise me, but this is not, these are not the kind of surprises you like to hear. So, wow. Yeah. So the two men that I loved the most in my life were gone in a six-month period. And I was I was a daddy's girl. And this was unbelievable. And Howard, you know, he couldn't believe this was happening. Again, my sorority sisters had called him and said, you're not going to go meet her parents. But he came to the funeral with my sorority sisters. And that's where he got to meet my mother, my sister, my brother-in-law, and then he got to see my father in the coffin because it was an open casket. That's how our relationship started off. Well, I, I have to tell you that I don't don't know your family history, but when you came on screen, your 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 name is not Deborah Shieldhouse, it's Howard. So I somehow know that you share 
Clubhouse with Howard to this day. How many years later? In June, we'll be married 50 years. Oh, my goodness. Wow, you must have married at age 10. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Bless your heart. Um, yeah, so he hung in there. It, it, it wasn't easy because I was scared that he was going to die. You know, I was a mess. I mean, he could have been dating all kinds of fun girls with no baggage. And here he is. He hung in there with me. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so that's, that's how it all started. But um, it really kind of threw me on a spiritual path because I really needed answers I wasn't getting. And this is the mid-70s. And it is like, you know, today where you can find so many books and so much information on the Internet. I mean, you were lucky to go to a, a library or a bookstore and pick up one or two books on this subject. But, you know, I was, I just kept on trying to understand death and I was bitter about death. In fact, the death was really, an, uh, it was an enemy to me. I really hated it so much. Well, you're very young too. I mean, I had the same kind of wake up call you did, but in my mid forties. So it's actually a blessing and a curse, right? To start on that path early, but not in that way, huh? No. Um, but we got busy, you know, our daughter Jill came, our son David came, and I saw a movie. And this movie was called Resurrection. And it was with Ellen Burstyn. And she played a hands-on healer. And the interesting thing is that she actually had a near-death experience. And when she came back into her body, she had the ability to use her hands to heal herself and other people. It's based on a true story? I don't think so. However, they did have a real a hands-on healer on the set. And because uh, I had read information about the movie because it just fascinated me. And I'm watching her and she is putting her hands on people and she is healing them and she is helping them feel better. And I'm like, I want to do this. If I can stave off death for somebody you know, that enemy, I'm there. I want to do this. So I'm back at the library. I'm back at the bookstore, right? And I'm trying to find information now on hands-on healing, which again, there wasn't much, but there was a book. And it said, all you have to do is center yourself and you have to concentrate and bring heat into your hands. And then, you know, you'll be okay. You'll be able to help people. Well, I wasn't good at this. This was not working for me. I'm like, let's go, you know? And I would be practicing like on my friends that had a headache or something. It wasn't stellar, I'll tell you. So the years go by and it's now 2009 and our children are grown, they're adults. And our daughter, Jill, she comes down with viral meningitis. And she was in such pain and such misery. And the doctors, they were trying so hard to try to figure out what, what was going on with her. And the pain pills weren't working. And here I am in the middle of this horrible two-week period. And I'm trying to put my hands on her and forget about it. It was terrible. It just didn't work. I needed something that was more effective. Well, thank God she recovered. She went back to her busy life. But I never wanted to feel that helpless or hopeless again. And I had heard about, it was a healing, uh, it, it's, a, it's a touch healing technique called BioTouch. And I'd heard about it. And interestingly, the BioTouch Center was only about 10 minutes from our house. We were living in Tucson, Arizona at that time. And wow. so. Good. Uh, sorry. Coincidence, right? 10 minutes away. Right. And so I went there and I was delighted with everything when I took the classes. You don't have to center yourself or bring heat in your hands. It's these four fingers and you just lightly touch specific points on the body. And it depends on what area you need to work on, but it brings down inflammation levels, pain levels. It helps with all kinds of disease symptoms and it's easy to learn. And the people that were working there giving these sessions, it was it was just donations only. Everybody was a volunteer. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I can do this. And so I took the internship program 
I started working. I became a certified practitioner, started working on people and people who had strokes. Well, they were, you know, their arms and legs were moving easier. People that had diabetes, I would work on and they could use less insulin. I mean, I was seeing all these amazing things go on. And so the director, Paul, Paul Bucky is his name, director, he was the founder of BioTouch. He said to me one day after I'd been working there about a year, he said, you know, more people need to know about BioTouch. Somebody needs to write the book. And I went, oh my God, I could do that. I wasn't a professional writer. I was just writing for my own hobby. But I said, I got to do this. You had that call since you were younger. Yeah, I know that. So uh, three years later, I had the manuscript ready and it was published. And you know him, Dr. Gary Schwartz. He actually wrote the foreword to my book. That's a that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And he he was so impressed. He actually did studies on BioTouch in his you know lab. Huh. And so, and so he yeah he was happy to write the foreword. So that was all fabulous going on, right? I was helping people feel better. Maybe I was staving off death, my enemy, right? You still felt that way after all those years. I absolutely. I that when you said it, and, and I just want to make the point, and I'll come back to it again. It's not our job to stave off death. And do you, what, what, I don't want to say, do you agree with that? What are your thoughts when I say that? Well, I understand that now, okay. but I certainly didn't at the time. I was still trying to understand it. I was still trying to find answers. I was still reading every book I could get my hands on. And it's interesting that mediumship, although it was somewhere out there in my mind, I never did anything about that. I never went to a medium. I never, you know, pursued that, which is strange since I was doing so many other kinds of things. Why did I, why I didn't do that? I don't know. Calling, calling, right? So, right. So then what happened was Jill and I, this is now 2019, Jill and I took a mother-daughter trip to Sedona. And it was just for the weekend. And while she went to go get a massage, I went to a medium. And this medium, she was great. Um, her name was Cynthia Beck. And she, she gave me an incredible session and she had me actually doing things during the session and at the end of the session she said to me do you know that you're a medium i said what she said yeah you've got tendencies you really have a talent there raw talent you should study mediumship and i'm like oh my gosh no she doesn't really should she says and i know just who you can take online classes from i said well who and she said her name is suzanne keesman and i said Okay. <laughs> and <not> so, <laughs> so I said, oh, it sounds okay. Why not? Okay, I'll try it. So I took one of your, I think it was six-week mediumship course. And this was in 2019. And I will tell you, it was a life changer because every single class, I began to understand more and more that death was not death. Yeah, I mean, it was not the end, right? And I, and I, because of everything you were saying, and I felt that you were just speaking to me, even though you were speaking to all the other students. And it just, and then I joined a mediumship circle with other students in the class. You know, we would have those breakout sessions and then, you know, this one. I could just let everybody know it's probably one of the same classes that I'm teaching again live with the Shift Network starting in December. There's an event talking about it coming up uh, in November, but all the details will be on my website. But your kind of reaction is similar that I hear quite often that people don't realize this is an innate ability. And when you start applying the techniques and try it, then you find out what you're really can do what you're capable of. So this is wonderful affirmation. Oh my gosh. So we, um, I joined this mediumship circle. There's about eight or nine of us and we would zoom once a week together because we were all over the country and we were actually able to bring evidence from across the veil 
bring in loved ones, each other's loved ones, and people brought in mine. And it was like, hallelujah, you know? This is a world. This is what, right? This is, this is, you don't have to be born doing this as you and I know. We are going to the angels, everybody. So hang in there. This is the backstory. So, um, that was it. That was like, I, okay, I made peace with death. I understood it. It made sense finally. And I realized that it wasn't a mistake or an accident that took my boyfriend so young or took my father so young. Because I thought, oh, this had been, this was not meant to be. This was an accident. This shouldn't have happened. But no, I understood. And it was just uh, so amazing. To interrupt, Deborah, for those of you who might be new to this, what we find out through mediumship is death is transitioned to a different chapter in our ongoing life. And while we miss our physical presence here, mediumship shows us that life is eternal. And so when we say this shouldn't have happened, that's because we're using the limited human perspective. But you learn to have the soul's bigger picture and it changes the way we look at everything. So then what happened was uh, COVID. So COVID happened and I never saw so many people that were so depressed and so scared and so upset. And it was like a pall over everybody and everything. But at that point, I had already been communicating with the archangels for almost 10 years. And I was getting beautiful, uplifting, encouraging messages. And I said, I need to share these. People need to hear these. And so I knew it was time to write my second book, my Archangel book. And so three years later, uh, just in this past spring, I finished and the book just came out in August. And here we are. Yeah, it's a delightful book. And my question, it's so funny. Most people say how to chat with angels. You go right to the top. <laughs> and I love the subtitle, inviting your divine best friends into your life. Tell us about that, because a lot of people put archangels up on a pedestal. That's the way we're raised. And you're making, you're turning them into our best friends. They are our best friends. So God created nine ranks of angels as uh, a hierarchy. And there's you know, thrones, and there's cherubim, and there's seraphim, and there's uh, principalities. There's all these different tiers of angels, including angels and archangels. Well, the archangels he created as a bridge between him and humanity. They oversee what goes on on the earth, and they're very interested in our soul growth. And so they are our divine best friends. They want the best for us. They want to help us, but they are seriously underemployed. And there are so many of them waiting, <laughs> waiting, but we have to invite them in because we have free will. And that is a universal law. And so they can't just come into our lives even to help us because that would be interfering. But they, let me just interrupt you. There are plenty of stories of strangers showing up and archangels jumping in. There are times when they do just come in unasked for. So, yeah, I have heard of that. Um, and there are definitely always you know, occasions when those things happen. But generally, all we really need to do, is, and it's so simple, is say, please come into my life or please help me, please angels help me, even in the middle of a crisis, you know, and they will, you're giving them the green light and they will be there and they do not judge us. They just love us. They don't care if we're religious or if we're not religious. They don't care what we've done in the past. They are only interested in guiding us, protecting us, helping us and loving us. They are a true gift to humanity from God. And they're not these like very serious, dour, you know, beings that, you know, you, you just have to watch everything you say and do. They are so funny and they are just, they make me laugh all the time. Of course, you know, 
there's times where I get emotional, you know, talking to them and I cry too. But the thing that they have shown me over and over again is how much they love us and how much they want to help us. And they just want to be asked. So tell us how you got into this personal relationship with them and started receiving messages from them. I, I know you go into this in your book, so if you could just condense the, the actual event that led to that, just how did you realize you were getting messages from them? So I received an email in 2011 that was going around and it was actually started by a medium, a German medium named Amiri. And she had been visited by five of the archangels and she had such an experience with them. It just changed her life. And she wanted to pass that on to others. So she created these emails and I got one of them from my friend. I couldn't wait to tell you, Deborah. I got it too. And my assistants and I, we did exactly what you did. We It was like a chain email, right? Like do this. It wasn't going to do this and or else, but there were specific steps and you did it. Then somebody else did it. And I thought, was that 2011? And it, it absolutely was because I remember where I was living at the time. So to read that in your book, it cracked me up. <laughs> yeah. And it said, you know, just, you know, make an altar and put a flower and it just hit all these directions. And it said, Here's what's going to happen. Archangels Michael, Uriel, Metatron, Gabriel, Raphael will be at your house at 1030 on this date and let them in by the front door and they will stay with you five days. And then you're going to take them back to the front door and you're going to send them off to three other people who would want to host them. Now, I feel because we have a lot of very intelligent people in our community, highly educated people, not that people who don't have high educations are are not wise compared to people who are, but a lot of people are skeptical and they're going to hear this and they're going to say, are you kidding me? You know, they're going to visit you for five days, then you're going to leave. I had the same thought when I got the email and what I teach everybody is, what if we follow the Bible's instructions and be as the little child? What if we're willing to at least play, to at least try? So I'm not going to go into my experience. Please continue with your experience. And I just, I'm just saying that because I want people to, instead of just dismissing it, say, what if? Okay. Yeah. Well, so I, I had the date. It was going to be February 23rd of 2011. And I said to Howard, I said, honey, I said, the archangels, five of them are going to come stay at our house for five days. And they're coming tonight at 1030. And he, you know, he's an accountant. So he had not really examined his spiritual side that much yet. And he said, I'm going to bed. You know, that's past my bedtime, but you have a good time. Let's go. I, I think a similar conversation happened in our house. <laughs> and so they did, you know, I go through it in the book, how, you know, I was so excited. I opened the door and there's nobody there. And I'm like, wait a minute. What, I don't know what I'm expecting. But I felt this whoosh of energy just come right here. And I said, I guess they've arrived. And so those were amazing five days. And I'll tell you, the second night, I actually figured out how to start communicating with them. And I'll go into more of that. And I, I go into step-by-step -step in the book. But I already was getting these amazing messages. And they told me things that came true even years later. And it was, it was life changing again. And, and then when the five days were over and then I had to walk them to the front door, I was crying. I said, look, I said, we finally have this relationship I've been wanting. You know, I, I've, I've just been wanting a relationship with you my whole life. I said, and now I've got to send you off to, you know, other people. I said, I'll tell you what, I know you're omnipotent. I know that you can be with a million people at the same time and helping out all these people. And so I'm going to ask you, will you please not go? Will you please stay with me forever? And they have been with me ever since. Yeah. It's not, it's not one person at a time. That's the beauty of being an archangel, right? Tell us how that works. You know, they have this ability and... Not only are there so many, there's so many archangels that we don't even realize. We don't even know them. You know, we have certain names, but there are so many. And I found that out 
when one that I never heard of kept coming to communicate with me. His name was Archangel Jebediah. And because he wasn't listed on some official role somewhere, I was like not giving him a whole lot of attention for two years he was trying to get through to me. And, you know, it's like this, we limit ourselves. They're not limited, but we limit ourselves to, oh, it has to be this, 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 and this, right? Well, what they love to do also is send us signs. And I know you know that because they send you signs all the time and they send me signs all the time. You're a good one. Well, let me tell you, the funny thing is the two biggest signs they've sent me were right in front of our. And I know darn well they want him to see these signs too. So what happened was about eight months after I first started communicating with the archangels, I said to them one night, you know, I love our relationship and I love all these messages, but could you just send me a big sign, real big, real obvious that I couldn't possibly miss. And then I went and told Howard, I said, I asked the archangels for a big sign. And he goes, (laughs) I love Howard already. Yeah. So two days later, our son, David, was visiting us. He was living in Atlanta at the time. We were in Tucson. And I'm in the kitchen talking to David. And Howard went past the kitchen and he went out the back door to the backyard. All of a sudden, he comes back in the kitchen. He says, Bring my phone. I need the camera and come out here. We're like, okay, what's going on? We run outside. Howard's looking up like this. This was floating over our house. So those of you listening to the podcast, you can't see this cloud before me. It's so unmistakably a winged being. <laughs> That's his aim. And it's enormous. Yeah. It was enormous. And there was not another cloud in the sky. And this angel floated over the yard toward the mountains and just eventually just got smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, and, and that actually is on the front of my book. I, I asked if, if I could have that done on the cover, and there it is. Perfect. And, and I said, yeah, thank you, angel. You know what? I couldn't have missed that sign. And David said, you could have missed it because we were in the kitchen talking. If Daddy hadn't have gone outside, I said, yeah. I said, Howard, why did you go outside right then? He says, I don't know. I just felt like it. There said, we- well, what do you think of the archangels now? And he said, I think I'm a believer. Oh, yay. <laughs> John yeah. Capone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was one more sign that, if you want to hear, that they sent in front of these stories. Yeah. Okay. So... In 2018, I had a back injury and I was in bad shape for a while. Um, I had, I was, I was bed bound. I was in a wheelchair. It was really, it was bad. Um, I had to have five months of physical therapy. I was not in a good place. And um, that about three months later, I was able to take a a small road trip. And so Howard and I took a, a little trip to Prescott, Arizona, a couple hours away. And we stayed in a hotel. And that night I was chatting with the archangel and a new one came through, an angel that I hadn't heard from before. And his name was Archangel Raziel. And he came through saying, he was, you know, I was struggling with my back and he was saying, you're going to be okay. I know you've been through a lot, but it's going to be okay. You're not going to need surgery. You are going to heal. This has been a very healing journey for you in a lot of ways. It was just lovely. So the next morning, uh, Howard and I take a little, another little drive to Jerome, Arizona, and we go into a restaurant. Um, it's called the Haunted Hamburger. <laughs> and so we go in there and it's crowded with a lot of people. We sit in the back room and it's a big room with these huge windows. The sun is shining and, ah, oh, it's great to be out in life again. You know, it's wonderful. And, uh, Howard and I ate our lunch and, Talking, and all of a sudden he looks at me and goes, Wow, Dad. And I said, What? He says, I've never seen anything like this. And I said, What is it? He said, You've got a you've got a, a prism on your face. It's in your hair. I said, What's in my hair? He goes, Look, and he took pictures of me and he showed me 
if it again with a picture, I don't know if you can. I can see the picture for those who aren't looking. It's a very nice prism right over her face. Yeah. He goes, this is so weird. He says, it's not on me. If it's coming through these windows because of the sun, it's not on the table. It's not on me. I'm looking around. Nobody else in front of these windows. It's not on anybody else. Huh. He says, in fact, it looks like it's coming from inside of you. Yeah. And I said, wow, that's amazing. So the waiter walked by and Howard said, excuse me. He said, look at my wife's face. And he looks at me, he goes, cool. <laughs> so Howard said, does this happen to people often sitting here? He says, I've never seen that happen before. I said, well, how long have you worked here? He said, five years. Hmm. Like, okay, that's interesting. And so this stayed on my face. If you moved, it didn't show up on the wall behind you, right? Correct. It was yeah. just on me. Wow. And so that it lasted for about 10 minutes and then it it's it slowly disappeared. And again, I never would have seen this sign if it wasn't for Howard. It was right in front of his face. I wouldn't even have known it was there. And so the real interesting part is that I learned later that Archangel Raziel, just like all archangels, they project a color or colors. Each one has their own. Archangel Raziel projects the rainbow. And he's the one who had come the night before for the first time. Wow. Is that is that something they told you or this is something known by others? This Because I've never heard of this angel. Oh, this angel? Yeah, he's actually like the Merlin, of the, like the alchemist of the archangels. But other people have connected with him as well? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. R-A-Z-I-E-L. And known for the rainbow. Yes. Well, that's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> Open my but I am going to go look him up. <laughs> do, please do. In fact, I, I gave him a chapter. I like, like I did, I, I regularly chat with 10 archangels. And so they each have their own chapter. Plus Archangel Azriel, the angel of death, who, who has his own chapter. And um, it's not. As it sounds, right? Why don't you tell us about Azrael? Because that was my first encounter with archangels. I told about this in my video, Angels Are About These Women Seeing Azrael Standing Behind Me. Oh, he's the angel of death. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound very good, but it is a good thing. It is a good thing. He is not the Grim Reaper. His name actually means helper of God. Because what he does, not only does he help in the transition when we are transitioning, you know, and, and going... Uh, across the veil and he does and he helps us he helps our souls go back up to god but he also helps us when we are transitioning in other things in life like are we going to you know a new school uh, you know there's an ending of this school the beginning of this school there's the end of this job the beginning of this job the end of this relationship the beginning of this relationship so he can be called upon to help for anything like that any of these transitions of course um but he came to me and I knew his name. And so when he came through, I was like, oh, nope, don't want to hear from you. Nope. This, And he did come through to tell me that my mother was going to pass within a month. No kidding. And here's the thing, you know, in that situation, she was almost 96, but she was still in pretty good shape. But. And once I thought about it, I was able to prepare, which I couldn't do for my father's death. Right. So I really appreciated that he came through to tell me that within the month, mom was going home. And so I said, okay. I said, will you promise to be with her? Will you be with her? He says, we are already with her. And she was in a care home and she was doing well. But then... A couple days later, she fell and broke her shoulder. And that was really the beginning of the end because she then couldn't get out of bed. We had to have hospice come. But mom would tell us, she said, there's this lady that comes and sits next to my bed. She's here at all hours. And she described her. She said her name's Catherine. And she's young and thin and tall. And she has long, dark hair. And she sits next to my bed. And I don't want to be rude. I say, but I fall asleep 
And I wake up and she's still there. And so my sister and I are like, well, we know there was nobody named Catherine or who looked like that, either in the care home or hospice. But your know, mom talked about this Catherine a lot. Well, after mom did pass, someone sent me a condolence card. And they didn't know anything about this Catherine. But on the front of this card was an angel that looked exactly like Catherine. <laughs> exactly like her. And I just knew that Archangel uh, Azriel had sent Angel Catherine to sit there with mom. Nobody else could see her. Beautiful. And so, the, and I have uh, on my website uh, and in the book, I have a picture, black and white in the book, but on my website, color picture of Catherine. And so I have, I am so grateful to Angel Azriel for how he took care of my mom. That is amazing. It shouldn't amaze me, but I just, I can never hear too many of these stories of predictions and helpful messages. What is your website, Deborah, speaking of being helpful? It's DebraSheldhouse.com. Enough. I hope you all are enjoying this. Please click subscribe. Do you know that there's this algorithm in YouTube that when you click subscribe, it helps get the messages of hope to more people. So you are being an angel to others just by joining the Awaken Way community and the Messages of Hope podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, I wrote down a note here. So what about people who don't know the specialties of the archangels? And they definitely have those. How do people get the right help? I know these answers, but I want to hear it from the angel expert here. <laughs> well, in my book, I actually have a chapter on, it's like a quick guide, who to call for what. So for instance, um, Archangel Michael, he is the angel of protection, of travel, of truth and justice. So uh, if you need protection or someone you love needs protection, or you're going to travel, or you're going to court and you need justice and the truth to come out, call an Archangel Michael. And if you are needing healing, oh, and by the way, Archangel Michael, his projected colors are royal blue and royal purple. <clears throat> Archangel Raphael, who projects the color emerald green, he helps with healing and he will heal and help heal us, mind, body, spirit, soul. He is the one. You have Archangel Jophiel. She and she, not that they have genders, but the archangels do have more of a male or female energy that people can feel. Mm -hmm. And Archangel Jophiel, uh, she is the angel of beauty. And she will help you if you, she's like the expert of feng shui. She'll help you decorate your house with the right colors and the right lighting. She'll help you find that colored scarf you've been looking for. If you, you know, ask her to go shopping with you. Mad Deborah, what I'm hearing from my guides is people who think that's silly. Why do we care? It's because these are high vibrations. So to surround ourselves with the higher vibrations of beauty, which is an innate aspect of the soul, lifts us. Exactly. And it makes us happier. And, you know, anything they can do to make, they know it's tough down here. Anything they can do to make it, you know, easier for us. Um, and it's funny because the first time that Angel Jophiel came through, I had just painted my toenails this hot bubble pink color, you know, and th they were still wet, my toes, you know, and I grabbed my journal and I'm writing. And she came through for the first time. And I she had a captive audience. <laughs> I could smell her. She smelled like a strawberry scented candle. Huh. That was and 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 that's another way they get through to us, by the way. We have the sixth sense. We all have these sixth sense. And we all have these, they're clear senses. And they may not be well developed, but the more we do use them, like anything else, practice, they come through and they and they get sharper. And so all of a sudden I was smelling her, which is Claire Alliance, and I was like, wow, what am I smelling? Usually, I, I always hear the archangels, and so I'm with clear, clear means clear, clear audience, so I can hear them. I have a knowing, clear cognizance, 
and then I have clairvoyance and then I can sometimes see the words they're going to say before they say them. So they even know how to reach us, which are our strongest clear senses, and they can work with us to meld their energies with us so that we all can do this. And so in fact, how about, I how about uh, telling people, and you make it very simple, and it is in your book, just a nice review of how people can start right away by chatting with the archangels. Great. And I've actually taught three groups of people how to do this. And even the first night, they had um, pretty, pretty success of getting their own messages which is what I don't, I don't give messages um, for people. I don't do like readings. What I, my thing is I want to teach you how to do it. I want you to learn how to have your own relationship with your divine best friend because there, there's nothing like it. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So how, but give us in a nutshell, uh, your how-to. So that how-to people. The how-to basically is you grab a pen and paper. You know, we have these cells in our brain. They're called RAS cells. That's reticular um, activating system. And what they are is the... You learned that from my class. Do you have, did you talk about that? Yeah, but I've never heard anybody else mention it except in an amazing... No, I don't remember that from your class, but... There's like a bridge between conscious and subconscious, and they help us to focus. And so what happens is when you're writing by hand, it triggers those cells. It's a form of meditation. And then they did a study at Indiana University in 2010, and it was with M um, MRI technology. And they watched when people wrote by hand, the neural pathways of the brain lit up exactly where it does when you meditate. Hmm. So I love it. I mean, that's amazing. So when you are, I have tried to talk to the angels you know, with my hands on the keyboard. It's not the same. It doesn't work as well. So you grab a pen and a piece of paper or a journal or however you want. And you do, you go, you take your breath because they do meld with us. It's helpful through our breath. And you open yourself up. You open your heart up. You believe. That's one of the hardest things is just you have to believe that you can really do this. Again, like you said, in this childlike way of thinking. And you just take your breaths and you start writing down, you ask a question. What works best with me is if I ask a question and write it down at the same time. And at first I got gobbledygook and I wrote down like, what, what, what am I writing here? But eventually they meld with us and I keep taking breaths every couple minutes and I was hearing the, the answers. And, and I go in, in the book about all the ways that you can enhance this, you can sharpen this, this amazing communication. And sometimes it's not going to work. You know, some nights you're, you're not feeling well or you're emotional or for whatever reason, it's not, you're not getting through and that's okay. You know, try again the next day. Yeah, so, your book includes a lot of beautiful examples of the conversations that you had. And I know from reading a lot of channel material that it, it's, you, you've definitely reached the higher levels there and there's a lot of beautiful wisdom in their energy. So I congratulate you there. Oh, thank you, Solon. Nice. I, I want to just mention, as I mentioned channeling, if I could, uh, coming up soon, I'm doing channeling for charity, which I do about three or four times a year. And I hope people will go to my homepage because this time we're raising money for kids uh, with cancer to be able to attend camp with other kids who have cancer and find hope there. And we, we're, we're going to, I'll be channeling live. So all it takes is a little contribution. Nobody's turned away because you can't contribute anything, but I hope you'll be able to join us. Check it out on my homepage. So I just use the word channeling. You, that That's what I'm doing in a deeper state of consciousness, channeling. But really the kind of writing you're doing is open-eyed channeling. Do you see it that way? Yes. I mean, I'm definitely open. I'm not in the kitchen, you know, 
bacon brownie, you know. I have made an intention to connect with them. And I am open for their messages. And so, you know, when that works, it is beautiful. And you know, I don't always hear exactly correct, but I hear close enough. Like with my first book, they had told me that I was going to have um, a, a literary agent. I would get a literary agent. And I said, no, everybody's telling me I'm a new author. I'll never get a literary agent. And they said, yes, you will. And I said, okay, so then what's the name of the literary agency? And I'm hearing Woodside. And I write down Woodside? Yes, Woodside. Okay, I'm hearing Woodside. So I write down Woodside. Okay. Well, a year and a half later, when I got my literary agent, it's Waterside. Close enough, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, as long as we understand, that's what's important. That's beautiful. That's great. So you have regular sessions where you sit with the very clear intention and the belief, the two really important keys there for connecting. How about just day-to-day -day doing things? How do they get your attention if they need to? You know, I start to, again, I'll hear, I'll hear something. Um, it's it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a thought. And sometimes it's like a yell, you know. But I definitely, I know it's them. But first, I wasn't trusting that. Because it's so easy for us to say, I'm making this up. But, you know, they don't talk like we do. So, for instance, I remember they came through one time. I was like, worried about something and something was going on and they said just float above the fray uh -huh. well i sure don't say that okay float above the fray the way they speak and they're always 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 loving they're always encouraging they are always your best friends they've always got your back they never shame they never blame they never judge and you can all of you, everybody, every one of us. Yeah. Nobody is not worthy. Yeah. Right. Right. And that doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't look at you like that. And in that and when I you know, I I asked Angel Jebediah, I said, Why don't you why do you love us so much? You know, what? And I have a in my book there's a chapter I call Archangelism. And this is some of the wisdom that they've shared with me over the years. And he said, we love you. And I'm, I've got it written down, so I say it like, we love you because we know how you were created with fibers and filaments of light and adoration for the one. Every single soul who is or has ever lived on the earth was rightfully created within the loving veneration of God. There will be a day that will dawn with the shared realization of just how important you all really are. And you just feel that energy? Yeah. Yeah. Veneration. You know, that's not a, a, a normal word we would use. Yeah. Right. Right. And you, so you'll know, you'll know that you're not making this up. I promise you will see. And your life it's just, it's so much more comforting, no matter what craziness is going on in the world. You know, they are there for us. So they're there for us. Why don't we ask them a couple of questions? You, I would love to do what I said at the beginning. It's going to do it. Take some of the questions that people have sent in and we'll see what kind of answers come up. Now you can answer from what you know from learning from them, or we could set the intention that they also inspire some of those answers. Okay. So I don't know what we're going to get here. I've downloaded them onto my iPad. Let's see. Okay. These are from our community. How can I know who is sending me a number I keep seeing? I'm trying to know if it's from my loved one in heaven or from an angel. I've asked and not figured it out yet. Interesting. Um, if you ask for a specific number... Uh, I, I get number 11s, I get number 111s, and you know, I always feel like those are definitely angel numbers. Um, but, you know, I, I think you just keep asking, and and, and you're going to get a knowing, and there will be a knowing. And at the end of the day, 
if this is a, a sign that brings you up and makes you feel good, makes you feel comforted and better, then it doesn't even really matter who it's from as long as it's doing the uplifting. Here we go. Yeah, that's a human tendency to want, well, I need to know who it is. That the, they don't, they don't care. Exactly. Beautifully said. Here's, here's another one. Can the angels always hear our thoughts as clear as our word? Do they feel and hear our intentions? I speak to them, but sometimes in my thoughts, not aloud. Perhaps you can ask them, they wrote. <laughs> yes, they definitely, they are connected to us. And they know, they know exactly what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And they've known us since even before we came into these bodies. They have been around us. And so you don't even try to fool them and you don't try to act like somebody you're not. You have to be completely honest with them because they know, you know. But so, you, exact question, not necessary to state out loud. Would you agree? Exactly. Okay. Do you know, do pets have guardian angels watching over them? I don't know if they do or not. However, um, when when the archangels came to the, that first five days when they were with me in the house, we had our pet parrot, Monty. And he, I know he could tell, he could see them. He could feel them. He acted differently those five days when they were in the house. So I know there's a connection there. And so that is a sentient being, you know? And so I know that Monty was his name. He had some kind of connection with them. So it just makes me feel like it would it'll continue. You know, animals have souls. And so definitely, why wouldn't they be connected to? Beautiful and and truth. Let me as I tune into Sanaya, my guides right here. They say that all life is sacred, and because of the heart connection that we have with our sacred pets, they are watching over them. The archangels specifically are assigned to the human species, but because of that heart connection, the animals are included in the umbrella they show me. So not specifically an archangel assigned to a pet, but it's all that. The love connection, as you were saying. How about one more? Okay. Because I have so many here, pages and pages, I'm going to do a dedicated show to questions, but I did promise we'd do a few. Okay. We, we answered this one already. Do angels come at death to help? Because they saw their mother as she was passing, surrounded by a beautiful winged angel. So we did address that one. Is our intuition the voice of our guardian, guardian angel? I often think it must be, especially when on rare occasions I've done the opposite of what my intuition was leading me to and things didn't turn out quite right. Yeah, what's your take on intuition versus angels? I think it's all connected because our intuition is part of our senses, our sixth sense, you know, that we were given so that we could actually kind of transcend this human body even while we're still in it and still be able to benefit from all the messages. And so, yeah, I think our intuition is our sixth sense. It's all there to help us and elevate and be part of the light of God and in, in this relationship we have. And the, and the angels can merge with your intuition, send you inspiration, like they sent your husband Howard outside when the cloud was there. You know, he says, I could what maybe go out there, but you and I know. It's, it's, it was, I, I go out now, and you don't realize that it's coming from the higher beings. Look at the clock now, and it's 11-11, right? Right, exactly. And you just have to be, peel your eyes, keep your eyes peeled once you've asked for a sign. I mean, it's easy to miss. And, you know, some of them are not going to always be as big as these obvious ones. Some of them are just, just, you will hear it, you will see it. But be, be ready. <laughs> exactly. Do you have, maybe we can end with one other favorite, no other explanation, angel story, perhaps one from your book or one that didn't make the book that, or a recent one? Oh, well. Gosh, there's, there's always so many of them, but, um, you know, just, I just would love to actually 
have this is from Archangel Sandleton. He says, you can achieve great things by allowing the best of yourself to permeate the rest of yourself. And I just love that saying for us. And Archangel Raphael says, try to remember that pain can promote growth as a crack in an eggshell promotes new life in the hatching. And so what I take from this is they love us so much. We need to know how much they love us, why they love us, and why they want to help us. And I just feel like the reason I'm on this show today is because the archangels had, back then, you know, I took your class and I became friends with a woman who knows you. And she told you about my book. And I just know that the angels have it's been working. Yeah. yeah. I know they've been working to get this today, this show, you know, so that more people can hear about archangels and promote this relationship that we all should have with them. So that's my latest. And, and I do want to ask a question that, that came up when you were talking about your back injury. This was in the midst. I knew you, you said it was 2018. Was I correct there? Yes. And yet I know you had that beautiful incident where you welcomed them into your life in 2011. So I want to make the point that just because we establish a relationship with archangels doesn't mean we're now free of accidents, free of injuries, free of pain, free of death of loved ones and ourselves, because that's part of life. But because of your awareness of angels, how did that help you through that time and how did you grow as a result? I'd just like to make that point, if you could just elaborate on that. That is so true. Um, they are there for us. They help us. But as I just read, uh, Archangel Raphael, who is the healing angel, he knows the pain I went through. And when I was going through that pain, I was like, I was losing faith in them. And I was like, why am I, this is the worst pain I've ever had, worst in childbirth. What, what's going on here? And so I knew they can't, our, our souls have to have this journey. And there is growth in pain, unfortunate, but it's true. And so they can help us through it, but that they can't eliminate it for us. They can, they can suffering by inspiring us that the pain is part of life. That's just, yeah, one of those challenging things to accept. And I say it, I wanted to make sure we bring it out because so many people watching this show, listening on the podcast are going through hard times. We all do. That's life. Yeah. But you've given us some beautiful inspiration today. Well, thank you. Any parting, maybe another phrase that you you have from your, what did you call them? Archangelisms? Yes, no, archangelisms. Um, I have it right here. <laughs> How'd that happen? How did it just happen? You mean, that's one yes. If I could just finish it, one of the most common questions we get in class is, how do I know I'm not making it up? How do I know it's not my imagination? And it's exactly the kind of thing you're sharing now. It's the wording, the phrasing, the inspiration, the thought that you know that's not me. So what did you find that you love? Here's, here, I just turned to this one from Archangel Jopiel. If you remember, she was the angel of beauty. She says, here's a glorious beauty idea. Want to create a perfectly flawless face? Cover any of your perceived facial imperfections by lighting yourself up with a bright smile. No more imperfections. Ah, uh, nice. You, know, you can't bother them. Nothing you ever ask of them is too small and nothing is ever too great. You can't bother them. They're here because they want to be with us and help us no matter what. That is a beautiful point. Because just like your title, how to chat with archangels, in that there, you just showed that, that phrase that you shared, something as simple as a smile, that is great teaching. We tend to think, oh, there are angels and there are archangels. We can only take the really big stuff to them. But you're saying, no, chat with them, as your subtitle says, your divine best friends. Yeah. Exactly. You know, ask for the perfect parking spot while you're driving to the store. I can't say how many times that's happened. You know, they, they have fun with us too. They do. Well, and that balances out the pain. So I'm grateful to the archangels, grateful to you, Deborah, for sharing with us today. Thank and to you, you for 
joining us on the show. Hope you've enjoyed it. We will be talking a lot more about angels. I have more uh, angel experts coming up, including the woman who started the whole angel craze many decades ago. You don't know who that is? Stay tuned. You will get to meet her. But in the meantime, you've joined the ranks of those who are putting some really good information out there, Deborah, and I thank you. All right, everybody, you go out and have a great rest of the week. We'll see you back here next week. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.